the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Congratulations. Today we celebrate the glorious Feast of Pentecost. And on this day, we celebrate the descent of the Holy Spirit on the Apostles and on us. And this is such a great celebration, one that is transformative. And I'll speak about that a little later. It's so transformative because the Holy Spirit is one from the Holy Trinity. It is God. And the work of the Holy Spirit is so crucial in our lives. So crucial that the Lord said, Therefore I say to you, every sin and every blasphemy will be forgiven men. Every sin and every blasphemy will be forgiven men. Anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man, against Jesus, it will be forgiven him. But whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit, it will not be forgiven him. Either in this age or in the age to come. And as the church has taught us, it says that blasphemy against the Holy Spirit is the rejection of the Holy Spirit in our lives. If you reject the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, they will not be forgiven. That's why it's so crucial. So today I want to speak about the work of the Holy Spirit. Why is it so crucial? Why is it so important that the Holy Spirit is in us and works in us? The first thing is the Holy Spirit fills. The Holy Spirit fills. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, this is what's written. It says they were all accord in one place. They were in one meeting place, Kidda. And then what happened? It says, And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a mighty rushing wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And the Holy Spirit came and filled the whole entire place. I was, think I might have told you this before, but think of the Holy Spirit maybe as like, Liken to a gas, like an ideal gas, it takes, gas takes the shape of its container. If you have a two liter bottle and you put a little water in it, the bottle will be empty. But if you put a little bit of a gas into a bottle, the gas fills up the container. As much space as you give to the gas, it will fill it. The same is true of the Holy Spirit. Depending how much room you give the Holy Spirit in your life, it will fill. It will fill that space. That's why in the Agbeya prayers, you know it's written in the Agbeya prayers, the one that we just prayed, we said, O Heavenly King, the Comforter, the Spirit of Truth, who is present in all places, and fills all. And fills all. This is one of the properties of the Holy Spirit, that it fills all. I should be full of the Holy Spirit. But I have a question for you. If I'm supposed to be full of the Holy Spirit, why do I feel so empty? Why do I feel so empty? If I'm supposed to be so full of the Holy Spirit, why do I feel so empty? Why do I feel so empty in my spiritual life? I think it's because we haven't given enough space for the Holy Spirit to fill. We have too much clutter. We have too much garbage. I was thinking about if you had an organization, if I had a company, and let's say there was a talented individual like that I saw is so talented, he could be CEO of this company. He could run the company, he could do everything. So I'm like excited, so I hire this person, but then when I hire him, 
What do I do is I give him the office in the basement. I don't give him a computer. I don't give him any space to work. I don't give him a phone line. I don't, I just say sit in your little prison of a, how is that person going to impact your lot, the company? All of us, we have the Holy Spirit, but I think we've put the Holy Spirit in a prison in our hearts. We don't let the Holy Spirit fill. It wants to expand. It wants to fill. But you've taken the Holy Spirit and put him in prison. He can't function like that. You have to give him space to operate, to move, to, 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 ah, to breathe. That's the first point, that the Holy Spirit needs space. If you feel empty and you have the Holy Spirit in prison, I have good news for you. Is that the second work of the Holy Spirit is to, I think, to purify. To purify. The Holy Spirit cleans up shop in our lives. It's the soap. If, if there was like sin was a stain, the Holy Spirit would be the soap. It would be the thing that dissolves or absolves sin. The Holy Spirit is what dissolves or absolves sin. There's a lot of interesting things going on back here. It is the living water that fills or washes us. It's the living water that fills or washes us. That's why John the Baptist, he said something very interesting. He said, when about the Lord Jesus Christ, he said, He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fan is in his hand and he will thoroughly, you know what? Clean. <laughs> He'll thoroughly clean out the threshing floor. The Holy Spirit can clean up. If you let this CEO, this guy, get him out of the prison, let him operate, he'll come and clean up what the company. He'll fix everything in the life. Just let him work. Let him clean. He will purify. He will purify with fire. You know when you have something, a metal, and it's it's tainted with things. What do you do? Put it in the fire. And the fire makes it clean, makes it brand new. The third work of the Holy Spirit is to transform. The Holy Spirit can transform you. Every liturgy, we have a, uh, a minor Pentecost, or major Pentecost, actually. It's called the Epiclesis. It's when... The bread becomes the body. And one of the interesting things that we pray, the priest prays secretly, I will let you in on the secret, is that he says this beautiful prayer. He says, We ask you, O Lord our God, we your sinful and unworthy servants, we worship you by the pleasure of your goodness, that your, who? The Holy Spirit, that your Holy Spirit may descend upon who? Descend upon us and these gifts. So the Holy Spirit will descend upon us to transform us, to change us, just the same way as it will transform and change the bread into the body of the Lord. The Holy Spirit, this, this aspect of the Holy Spirit, I think we don't understand. Because many people, if you say, like... Um, Many people might say, I don't understand the Bible. I don't understand it, so I don't read it. I don't understand, so I don't read it. I can't do it. You say, um, can you preach to these people? You say, no, I can't. I don't have, I can't do it. It's not me. It's not for me. It's someone else's job. I can't do it. 
You say, give a spiritual lesson. You say, no, I can't give spiritual lesson. Do this service. No, I can't do service. I can't. I can't do it. You know what's interesting? I believe you. I believe you. You can't do it. But if you allow the Holy Spirit to work in you, to transform you, you can. You can do it. Through the work of the Holy Spirit. Many people, they say they can't do it because no Holy Spirit. Not asking the Holy Spirit to lead, to do Ask the Holy Spirit, do, transform. That's why the apostles before Pentecost, did they do anything? They, like, very scared, very shy, timid. But after the Holy Spirit came upon them, transformed. Peter, who was a betrayal of, like, who betrayed the Lord, transformed. Now gave a sermon in front of 3,000 people and converted them. Wow. St. Peter, where did you learn this? Where did you, where, how did you figure, how, 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 no, the work of the, the Holy Spirit. The work of the Holy Spirit. The work of the Holy Spirit is to transform. That's why when the Pharisees, they saw Peter and John after Pentecost, he said, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, perceived they were uneducated, that they were untrained men. If you're untrained, how are you going to do this service? doesn't matter. They realized the power of the Holy Spirit. Number four, the work of the Holy Spirit is to sanctify. The work of the Holy Spirit is to sanctify. In the liturgy we say, you have made us to yourself an assembled people and sanctified us by your Holy Spirit. The work of the Holy Spirit is to sanctify us. Just recently, I brought someone to church. Very recently, like a few days ago. I brought them into the church. And right when I brought them into the church, and I was showing them the altar and whatever, they said... This is a holy place. I looked at her and I said, Yes, it is. It is a very holy place. Of course it is. And I said, Actually, we are very holy people too. Yeah, we are very holy people. Why are we holy people? Because the Holy Spirit is God and dwelling in us. You know the similarities between this altar. This altar... There's no difference between this altar and you. No difference. This altar, what makes it an altar is it has an anointing with the oil. You take any table, you anoint it with oil, it becomes an altar for the Lord. Do you know that you have received this anointing? The same oil, the same chrism, the same myron that was anointed to make this altar holy is the same oil that was anointed on you to make you holy. To make you an altar for the Lord. That's why you are a dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. Didn't St. Paul say, are you not a temple of the Holy Spirit? A temple for the Holy Spirit. I have a big problem. Big, big problem. When we separate the holiness of the church and of a building. And separate that from holiness of individuals. It's not the case. This place is holy because you are in this place. Because you are a holy person full of the Holy Spirit. That's why in the liturgy we say, The holy's gifts are for 
the holy people. Because you are holy people. You have the Holy Spirit in you. The fifth work of the Holy Spirit is to... To unite. To unite. The Holy Spirit brought the world together. That's why on Pentecost, the disciples, they went and they were preaching. And everyone could hear the language in their own... The work of the Holy Spirit took people from outside and brought them in. I was reading a prophecy from Isaiah I want to share with you. It says, wolves and sheep, wolves and sheep, from Isaiah chapter 11, wolves and sheep will live together in peace. Leopards will lie down with young goats. How can a leopard and a young goat they be together? How? How can calves and lion cubs will feed together and little children will take care of them? Cows and bears will eat together and their calves and their cubs will lie down in peace. Lions will eat straw as cattle do. How will all this happen? Through the work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit can make a wolf have the nature like a sheep. Isn't that amazing? And I wish, St. John Chrysostom, he said something very nice. Into you, I look sleepy today. I don't know, there's no Holy Spirit. Shh, like, wake up. Okay? It says, this is what St. John Chrysostom says. He says, not only the meek and the mild and good would form the church. Hear this. This is like amazing. On this, on this passage. He said, not only the meek and the mild and the good would form the church. The wild. The inhumane. The men who whose ways were like those of wolves, and lions and bulls would flock together with them and form one church. And I wish this church to be, I want wolves. Not like scary wolves. I want the wolves, and each person brings a wolf and transform. If you're a wolf now, I wish you transform to a sheep. We want wolves. We want different people. We want the inhumane. And this is a place to become human, to experience the work of the Holy Spirit. I've told you five things about the Holy Spirit, how it works, but how can the Holy Spirit work in us? This is something that I wish you think about. How is the Holy Spirit working in us? On the Feast of Pentecost, did the apostles know the Holy Spirit was going to come on them? Did they know? They had a promise. That it was coming. But did they know the time or whatever? Did they know? I don't think they knew. I think they were just waiting. Waiting and praying and waiting. And then the Holy Spirit just filled the room with mighty wind. And transformed and did all the things that we just said. But they were just waiting ready. Ready to hear the voice of God. The same with Cornelius. Cornelius. You know who Cornelius was? He was, in, he was, he was uh, a beast. He was the wolf. But the wolf actually, for some, like, he had something in him. He was praying. Actually, it says in Acts, it says, Four days ago I was fasting until this hour, at the ninth hour. I was praying in my house. And behold... A man stood before me in white clothing, saying, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard. This is someone who was a beast, and he was praying and fasting. Did he know that the Holy Spirit would descend on him, like the same way it did on the apostles? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. 
I think like he was just ready. He was so ready. He had something in him. I wish all of us to be ready like Cornelius, to be ready for the Holy Spirit to be with be within us. Because the Holy God is so close to us. Another I'll end on this analogy. Roommates. Roommates, do they know each other? Yeah, I, sometimes now roommates don't know each other. But in ideally if you live together, you you know everything about each other. Right? Is that true? Like I know, like I live with Michelle, so I know Dinya, how Michelle, I know her character, I know things, of, I can hear her voice in my head telling me, do the dishes, do this, I hear it, I hear it, I hear the voice in my head, I can't get out, get out, you know, because I hear it. The same is true if the Holy Spirit living in us is like your roommate, knows you, sanctifies you, you should know the Holy Spirit, very close to you. It's not far away, lives within you. I think we need to ask, we need to fast, we need to pray. Today we have the prayer, it's a prayer where the church used to be gathered together to pray and ask for the Holy Spirit to be inside of them, to transform them, to fill them, to purify them, to sanctify them. We want to have that, that Holy Spirit in us this feast. Let us pray and ask for the Holy Spirit to really change our lives. And glory be to God forever. Amen.